Welcome to another edition of the Inside Scoop. My name is Neil Crawford. I'm your host and also the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. If you're not familiar with the Inside Scoop, it's a podcast dedicated to helping parents learn about the soccer pathways that would be available to their child if they lived in another city around the world. And this show is brought to you by Anytime Soccer Training, which is the most comprehensive online soccer training platform in the world. It has well over 5,000 training videos. Every video is 100% follow along. Kids love it. The average video is less than five minutes long. And coaches love seeing their teams and their logos, setting team goals, and seeing the kids are actually doing it. And the best part is an annual subscription is less than a dinner for one. And you in, in an annual subscription for teams is less than $5 per player per year. So check out anytime-soccer.com to learn more about uh, what we do. You can join for free. Check it out. I'll be happy to meet with you. We offer free demos and free onboarding for your teams and players. Now, let's get on to the show. This is going to be a very, very quick show. And it's just a recap of the show I recorded yesterday. And I felt the need to recap that show because that show is pretty heavy and it's making a very nuanced and esoteric argument that probably won't resonate with many people. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to try to convince you to think the way I think. I've learned that's a fool's error. But I did want to give some context and do a show that's a little bit more succinct and give context of why I'm, why I'm going down this road in the first place. So if you didn't listen to the previous show, I encourage you to do so. But let me just give you, let me tee up that previous show so I can make these quick, quick summary notes now. All right. In the previous show, I argued, look, for the most part, parents are doing the best job they can with the information and resources available to them. And that is for sports and non-sports, recreational, competitive. If you're just asking a person to think for a second and reflect on their actions, most parents in their hearts feel like, you know what? I am doing the best job I can for my child, given the information and resources available to me. And then part of that is to help them. And when it comes to competitive sports, help them be successful in the sport with the understanding that competitive sports requires a greater commitment and normally a um, higher skill level than if they were just doing recreational. And the reason that I, and again, I'm talking for on behalf of parents, the reason that I pushed them a little bit more in the competitive sports, especially delayed gratification activities, is actually because their enjoyment is going to be relative to the success they experience in team training and in games. And in order to experience any degree of consistent success, they have to put a little bit of work in at team training and behind the scenes. We don't want to overthink it, though. It's still youth soccer, meaning... Um, you know, kids are going to have fun and enjoy it. But we have seen time and time again that the kids who put just a little bit of extra work get major dividends in games and in team environments. They get a lot of accolades from the coaches, accolades from the kids, their confidence is boosted, all of that stuff. And so we as parents are trying to do the best we can. And I brought that point up to say, we're trying to do the best we can with the knowledge and resources that we have 
irrespective of a of the probability of a specific outcome. So in other words, um, um, if you came to me and said, Neil, I have listed your, you are doing about 10 things as it relates to youth soccer with your children. And I'm making that number up, but there is a list of things I do with them. If you, in each 10, all 10 of those things has four or five choices, right? So you, you put them in a club. Well, there's at least 10 clubs in your area that you could choose from. Um, you do individual training with them. Well, there's there's a lot of ways you could do individual training with them, or you don't have to do individual training with them. You do this, you do that, you do this, you do this. All right. What I am, you decided, yeah, like you don't put them in this league or you don't do this. What I'm saying to you is if you came to me and said, Neil, if you get that formula of 10 things correct, there's a 90% chance your child is going to play at a high-level professional um, soccer club making millions of dollars. If you get that combination right, and each 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 choice you're making has additional choices, right? I am saying to you, I can't think of anything that I would do drastically different. And if you came to me and said, Neil, um, no matter how much you tweak that those choices, no matter what you do, there's about a one or two percent chance that your child is going to become a professional soccer player. What I am saying to you is, is I, I don't know what I would, I can't think of something that I would change dramatically, right? Um, so in other words, I'm not basing, and I don't think you base in your heart of heart what you do with your children and what you do for your children on some specific outcome. You don't help your children with homework because when they're in the third grade, because you're thinking by doing this, I'm going to increase their chances of going to Harvard. You want them to be educated, right? You want them to be successful in life. And you'll cross all of those bridges when you get to it. And in youth soccer, I approach it the same way. I want them to improve. I understand they're now in a competitive environment. I understand that their enjoyment is intrinsic. They have a level of intrinsic enjoyment of just playing soccer and having fun. But then, then there's the external environmental factors that make their enjoyment relative. And that's a fancy way of saying, once you put them into these competitive environments, you ideally, for me, in order for their enjoyment to be sustained, they need to keep up with the other kids in this competitive environment. And in, in order to do so, you have to do a few things behind the scenes that other people aren't doing. Now, I don't want to overthink it. There are millions of kids playing in all of these fancy leagues and high-end leagues who don't do anything other than just show up and play and they do well right because soccer that's the beauty of soccer if you got a decent first touch and under, have some tactical awareness you can go a long way in this game but i'm just saying if i have an opportunity to have an impact on my child's enjoy children's enjoyment i'm going to do these little things behind the scenes to make sure that they uh, their skills keep up with the environment that they're in. And the moment they don't want to do those things, that's totally fine. But we probably recalibrate the level that they're competing at. And then all the stuff that we do extra, above and beyond, say, 10, 15 minutes of ball mastery work, those are things that we're doing based on um, slightly higher level goals, right? We, we really want to get a lot out of this program or we really want to get out a lot out of experience. And that is something that we calibrate uh, every year. So I don't want to go down a rabbit hole there. I just wanted to summarize saying, doing the best I can.
And when a parent comes to you and says, you do know it's a 1% chance your child's going to be professional. Well, I am comfortable saying, well, I'm actually just doing the best I can with what I got. And, and I'll cross those bridges when I get to them. You know, if you tweak, if you do this and do that, there's a 90%. Uh, I'm, I'm actually doing the best I can with the resources that I have. And if you give me some additional resources or you give me some additional information, then I'll evaluate it and try to make the best decision I can in collaboration with my children um, that's in their best interest. And we're just going to cross those bridges when we get to them. That's my typical response to this kind of thing if I'm talking to someone personally. So then the question becomes, well, yeah, Neil, that sounds great in theory, but we're on the sidelines. We see the crazy parents doing this. We see parents yelling at their kid, their eight-year-old, because they're doing this. And we see this. Well, this is where I wanted to clarify a couple of things. When I think about parents, and especially parents in competitive sports, but parents in general, and my observations of parents, and this won't be so succinct, but I just want to throw it out there for food for thought. Um, I tend to see three major, a lot of their problems fall into three major categories. Uh, the first thing is I, I find that parents tend to, well, actually coaches, people, but definitely parents, they tend to focus on the wrong things. They spend a disproportionate amount of energy on things that I don't, that I think are just wrong, that you should not worry too much about. This is not uncommon. This is life, but I'm just happen to be talking about youth soccer. So how am I defining a wrong thing? Well, I did a podcast on this. This is the short version. It's something that doesn't increase your child's enjoyment significantly, and it doesn't increase their development, right? You're focused on something that mm, they could care less about. If anything, is negative to their enjoyment, but they definitely don't care too much about it. And it doesn't make them a better soccer player, but this is your, your, but you're fascinated on these things. And I'm not going to give a list of things and you'll probably have your list. Maybe we'll do, maybe we'll put it on a social media group on Facebook group, anytime soccer training Facebook group and see what, see what others say. But I just find that the, most of the conversations I have with sports parents, they're focused on the wrong things, things that don't increase in enjoyment. Don't, and don't increase development. Okay. The next thing is, um, let me read my notes. The industry, and then parents are a subset of that industry, parents are stakeholders in that industry, appear to devalue those things that actually do move the needle, right? So in addition to focusing on the wrong thing, they devalue those things that actually do move the needle. So example would be, I used to try to organize a free play and it was very difficult for me to get many friends to come all the time. Now, part of that is probably just my personality and whatever, how much energy I put into it, but they don't value this. But then when I organize training, I get a lot of people, especially if it's paid. And I think there's a price signal there and there's a lot of stuff going on behind. I don't want to go down a rabbit hole there, but it appears that people devalue the things that actually move the needle and overvalue the things that probably don't matter. I gave this example last time. Just, you know, if you do 10 minutes of ball mastery before each practice, you're going to get more touches in that 10 minutes and the whole team gets combined. And if you do that four days a week, that's another additional hour, almost an hour of 
training. And it's really more than an hour because you're constantly touching the ball. And over a year, you know, that's almost double what your whole soccer training um, schedule, practice schedule is. And over years and years, it's cumulative. But I don't, I don't find people, they don't appear to value this. So, you know, I don't, I don't know what to say, but that really moves the needle, right? So that's just one example. And I hate giving examples because obviously my value system is different than most of the value systems of people I meet, because if they were um, similar, I wouldn't even be having this conversation, but they, they devalue the things that are, are really move the needle, like free play, or just doing a little bit of extra behind the scenes. And they appear to overvalue things that just don't like what team your child happens to be on when they're nine probably doesn't matter. I can't even remember anybody that I played with that I, when I was nine, except my cousins. So, you know, whatever. And then the final thing is parents, and this is all people, but we're talking about parents now, become victim to natural animal spirits. And I'm going to do a show where I, I'm going to start breaking these terms down and, and going over, but just to say these are natural and animal spirits. These are not rational um, rational thoughts, but natural animal spirits. And the reason I call them natural is because the soccer community positions these things as not natural, as, more, as a moral issue, but they're not but I don't think they're more ish. I think they're actually mad. I think anybody who doesn't behave this way has reflected and they're actually the crazy one. The people who who act a certain way are probably the ones who are have not reflected on these things and are acting naturally. And so what do I mean? So there's a lot of biology. There's a lot of science. There's a lot of evolutionary um, stuff going on. And I'm not I, I got my science degree on Facebook, so I'm not qualified to talk about this in a lot of detail, but there's a lot of um, cellular stuff going on, DNA, like impulses, emotions. There's just a lot of stuff wrapped up in us being parents and then watching our children compete and fail and win and lose the environment. And then to deal with all the marketing that comes from the clubs and intentionally and unintentionally. All of that stuff, there's just a lot wrapped up in that. And if you don't, as a parent, sit back and reflect for a second for a second on, you know, what on controlling these behaviors that you may have, controlling these impulses you may have, you may fall victim to some of these animal spirits. And I know some of you are listening saying, no, not me. I never had an issue. I just sit there and be quiet or cheer my child on, and I'm great. There are exceptions to the rule. And there are also people like my wife who that's just not her personality. So you couldn't pay her to scream at a soccer game. It's just not her personality. So I'm sure there's a percentage of the population that just aren't triggered by this. And that is what it is. But there is a percentage of the population, and we see them every weekend, who are triggered by the environment in a way that's probably at a minimum um, not helpful, but could be disruptive or destructive to their child's development and enjoyment. So in conclusion, what am I trying to say? I don't know if any of this is making any of this is making any sense, but it is what it is. I'm just trying to make this nuanced point and definitely go on the Facebook group and give me any feedback if I if because that's where I try to make some clarifying points. In conclusion, everything you're doing in youth soccer, there's at least a door number one, door number two, door number three. 
And if I'm choosing door number two, knowing what's behind door number one and number three, and you come and tell me that if I get the, if I choose the right door, now if you choose the right door, you're gonna, it's a 90% chance your child's gonna be become a professional. If I had chose door number two before, and that's only, and then the only information you gave me was that, I'm probably gonna go with door number two, right? But what our, um, I guess you'd say, one of the things that's thrown out there, one of the criticisms is saying, oh, actually, if, if you are choosing door number two because you believe that there's a chance that your child is going to become a professional. And I'm arguing, no, we are choosing door number two. And when we don't choose the right door, it's not because we think our child is or is not going to become professional per se. We're choosing the wrong door because number one, we are focused on the wrong on the wrong things. Number two, we devalue the things that actually move the needle and overvalue the things that don't. So an example would be the format that your child plays in. Uh, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people. My child's playing 5v5, but the older kids are playing 7v7. What do you think? Or my child is playing futsal and 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 this child is doing grass and then you know, or this child is in this particular league, the structure this way, and this child, none of that. It's not that that stuff doesn't matter. It does, but I don't want to overvalue it, right? I take my older son, I put him on these so-called travel futsal teams and how, why is he the most important player on the pitch? Never played with, on the court, never have played with these kids and not really playing that much futsal, right? So I think it's an overvaluation of the format, an overvaluation of the leagues, an overvaluation of the structure, all that stuff. Uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think it matters that as much as we, we would like to think. I think what matters is how much time you spend on it, how much inspiration, how much intrinsic motivation, how much, what level of instruction are you getting? How much effort are you putting in? the execution of the people that are helping you, your own execution. Are you enjoying what you're doing? And are you getting a lot of reps? That's what matters. So if you tell me you play futsal, then I want to see that you play in futsal a lot. And you're getting some decent instruction that's executed properly, you know, and you're inspired and it helps you enjoy the game, right? That's what I'm trying to say. That's I mentally go through one summer of futsal ain't going to do it for you. Now, if you're constantly on the grind, then yeah, futsal is great. But it's really you being on the grind. And if you live in a cold weather country, uh, part of the country, or in a cold weather country, then it's a great indoor activity that you should be doing. But that's a rambling just to say, I think we tend to overvalue certain things and devalue the fundamental things that actually move the needle. And then the final thing is we are subject to uh, animal spirits. And we're going to talk about these animal spirits in future podcasts. But I think that is what is driving our poor decisions and sometimes right decisions, not necessarily a rational or irrational thought about if our child is going to become a professional, because I see this stuff happening in recreational environments. I see this stuff happening in challenge environments, and I see this stuff happening in competitive environments. I just see it happening across the board. And, and if it, and if, if that wasn't the case, I, I, there may be a little bit of, you know, someone having a false sense of what their child is going to be doing. There's, there's obviously some of that, but without dealing with these other three things, without educating people on where, where they should be spending their time, without educating people on what actually moves the needle developmentally and, and, and in fun, 
and without educating people on how to take a how to relax and control these impulses, whether or not they, they think their child is going to be a professional or a D1 um, caliber player or not is probably irrelevant. You're still going to get a lot of these same negative behaviors. I don't know if this has made any sense. This was supposed to be a summary, but it's still too long. But hey, I just wanted to drop this now. Um, check out anytime.soccer.com. My name is Neil Crawford. Let's get better together.